And then you see yourself, you close your eyes and you imagine, what does focus look like for me today? What is the work that I'm committed to completing today? And then you get up and you do it. Because a lot of times when we talk about affirmations and visualization, we think that we just do these things and that's the end of the story. That's how we experience success. But the truth is, you can imagine things in your mind and in your heart all day long. But if you don't get up and do something to get that thing done, it's not going to happen. Hey, you're listening to the How to Turn Your Goals into Reality podcast, where I firmly believe that your wildest dreams are 100% possible. My name is Teresa, and I'm obsessed with goal setting for results, using systems to make it easier, mastering neuroscience to transform your life, and helping you to figure out how to get your life to work for you. So I'm a city chick who started an online business with two kids under two years old. And yes, I know I was crazy. (laughs) And I created $4,000 in less than 14 days. But that, my friend, was just the beginning. Since then, I've been able to multiply that by helping people just like you to create an impact in the world while living their purpose. And here, I teach you proven strategies and best kept secrets to building a life that is aligned with your vision and helping you to blaze a trail to your unique destiny. Miss an opportunity to keep it real? (laughs) Never. Success and failure mixed with a lot of business plus audacious goal setting while trying to figure out motherhood and purpose are all a few things that we talk about here. So how about you think about this as your one-stop shop, the place that you go to, to spend time with your inner circle and to be around like-minded, ambitious trailblazers who are committed to living a life full of purpose and impact no matter what. Grab your favorite notebook, pour a glass of your favorite bottle of Moscato, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and moved to action. This is where you come to listen, learn, change, and grow. Let's dive in. Hey, y'all. It feels so, so good to be recording this episode for you. I have not sat down to to do this in like, I want to say at least a month. So what I'm doing right now is I've set aside the next two hours to sit down and record at least four weeks of episodes for you. That means I'm recording four sessions of podcasts just for you so that you could come back every week and get the inside scoop from some of the things that I've been implementing in my own life over the last month and what I've learned from those experiments, what I'm doing differently in my business as a result of those experiments and how you can implement them in your life, in your business, so that you can see epic, drastic, insane, next level success. All right? So in this episode, I'm going to share with you 20 uncommon habits that all trailblazers practice. And it's not for you to go and try to implement all 20 in one week, right? Because I know you are very ambitious. And so you will be inspired to want to do that. But I'm telling you right now, it's not necessary, okay? Choose one to three of these habits that you want to implement and then go do them. And then once you have a rhythm, once it feels natural, once you are like in sync with these new habits, then add another two to three more, 
okay? And just continue in that sequence until you've mastered all of them. This is not about how many you can get done in the shortest amount of time. It's about how many of these you can integrate into your life, your business, and your being so that you can experience the epic success that comes as a result of having these habits and practices in your life, okay? So let's get started. The first habit is pursuing unconventional paths. So trailblazers are always breaking away from the norm, exploring unique avenues, and leaning into things that are innovative. Now, what does innovative mean? Because I know sometimes when we hear this, we think we got to be like trendsetters. We got to be on top of what's happening. We got to lead the pack. But what innovation really is, is taking something that has already been done and building on that, making it better, improving the system, right? Sometimes this does lead to creating something brand new. But most of the time, it's just making something old better, right? When we think about what Elon Musk has created with the electrical car and the electrical batteries and all these things, and like, whoa, it's a huge, crazy innovation. But really, is it something new or did he make something better? Is it an improvement of something that was already working? And it's the latter, right? He, their cars were already invented before Elon Musk was born, right? So he wasn't, he didn't create something new. He just saw that with the way that the world is going, with all the pollution that's happening, with all this talk about um, making changes to the environment and being eco-friendly and having like systems that put less pollution out into our world, what can I do? What can I create that would add to that mission? And having an electrical car obviously adds to that mission, right? So it's, it's thinking in ways that add value to what's already being offered, okay? The second habit is consistently delegating and automating. So it's streamlining your life, simplifying it as much as you can. Why? Because when you do this, it allows for you to focus on the high impact activities and to maximize your efficiency. It, it allows for you to be present in what you're doing and to live at your fullest capacity without being distracted by all the other things calling for your attention on a day-to-day basis. So for example, as a mom, I can tell you, I'm constantly thinking about what am I going to feed my kids? What am I going to do to entertain my kids, keep them busy, keep them learning, keep them stimulated, right? And it's not just like keeping their brains up and popping, but it's like keeping them engaged teaching them how to self-regulate, teaching them how to think for themselves. Like it's more than just consuming, right? So I'm constantly thinking about these things, even when I'm working, because it's just always at the back of my mind, especially when they're home, I'm thinking about, okay, I got to give them breakfast. What are we going to eat? Then we're going to have lunch. What are they going to eat? Then we'll have a few snacks, right? A snack between lunch and, and breakfast and a snack between lunch and dinner, okay? And then maybe a snack after dinner if they're still hungry, right? So I'm constantly one asking myself, okay, what's next? What's the next meal? What's the next meal? What's the next meal? But what happens if I begin to meal plan? And I already know in advance, okay, we have some spaghetti in the fridge. That's going to be for lunch this week. Okay, we have some bread and some tuna. That's going to be um, 
for for lunch next week, right? Or we have some um, curry chicken and rice and peas that can be for dinner, right? So when I'm proactive and I'm thinking ahead and I'm planning ahead and I get everything prepared in advance, it allows for me to automate these things. So even when it comes to like restocking laundry detergent or dish detergent or cleaning up the room, we have a schedule for these things. Some of my stuff that that I get that are like fundamental in just basic grooming, like brushing your teeth and having fresh breath and, you know, having clean hair, clean skin, all these things, those stuff get delivered to my house periodically. I have it set up in Amazon so that toothbrush gets delivered, um, toothpaste, um, laundry detergent, like, and we get it in, in like batch quantities, right? So I don't have to think about it every month, every week, every day, wondering, okay, is this thing almost done? When are we going to get a refill? Where am I going to get it from? I got to make time in my schedule to get it done. No, it, it comes to me periodically. And then when it comes to delegating, this is what I have a team for, right? Especially if you run a business, it's important that you hone in on the things that only you can do by mastering your 5% activities, knowing what they are, first of all. A lot of times when I talk to people and I ask them like, hey, what are your 5% activities? Like clients, for example, when I ask them, what's your 5% activities? When we first start working together, they're all like giving me a to-do list. They're telling me, I have this email to send. I have this thing to post. I have this person to meet and blah, 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 right? But those are not 5% activities. Those are not your most high-performing, high-impact tasks. Your 5% activities are the things that when you get them done, it produces a domino effect for 95% of the other things that, that you have to do or that need to get done in the business. So for example, in my business, my 5% activity includes recording podcast episodes. Why? Because when I do this, it creates content for all of my other channels, right? I can take snippets of audio clips from this recording and put it on my Instagram account and turn that into a little 30-second content video, right? I can take a, a piece of this, um, of the, well, first of all, the show notes for the podcast, for this one episode, I can turn into an email, okay? From that email, I can create a caption, which then goes on social media. So you can see already how this one thing is producing so much more for me than if I was just to sit down and write an email, right? So those are your 5% activities. Another 5% activity for me is hopping on sales calls. Why? Because when I hop on the sales call, I'm able to serve the person that I'm in conversation with at the moment. I'm able to help them to gain clarity on what it is that they want, how it is they're going to get it, and when they're going to get it. Because that those two things, how they're going to get it and when they're going to get it, are challenges that I find every struggling goal getter wrestles with, right? They all have a vision. They know what they want. They know like that they can do it. But the, the question is, the challenge is, the issue becomes, when am I going to get this done and how am I going to get it done? And when 
I provide or when we have conversations and I'm able to provide clarity on when and how, that's when we see the dominoes break down for the people that I enjoy serving. And that's a 5% activity for me because impact is a high value thing for me. So whether or not I like we are a good fit to work together as a result of the sales conversation or they end up joining another program, that is not the end goal for me, right? And by the way, most of the time, of course, they end up enrolling because like, duh, who doesn't want to join one of my programs, right? But even when we can see that this is not the right fit, like the goal is not something that I help people with. Like sometimes I'll find people come to me and they think that I do fitness goals or like stuff like that. Then I'll obviously like recommend them with someone who is great in that industry and then they're able to go and and get the results that they desire. But anyway, delegating and automating are key habits that all trailblazers practice. Another key habit is staying present. So they practice being here, being fully in the moment because they recognize that it not only boosts productivity and it not only enriches your personal experience of life, but it is the essence of life. It is what life is made of, right? Because we we live life moment to moment. I can only go from this moment to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. I cannot live 10 years from now and I cannot be back five years from, from today. I can only be here. And so trailblazers practice being here now and focusing on what's needed right now, what is required of me now. So when I'm working, I'm fully working. I'm fully present in my work. When I'm mommying, I'm fully present in mommying. I'm not thinking about the email that hasn't gotten sent out or the meeting that I have coming up or what we're going to do next week, but I'm fully here, present, mommying, loving on my kids, enjoying their mistakes, their messes, like when they spill milk on the floor or when we're running around in the park, like I'm fully there with them, right? When I'm spending time with Hubs, I'm fully there with him. I'm fully like enjoying the texture of his hair, the texture of his beard, his smile, how he lights up when he hears me say something or he sees me do a certain thing. Like I'm fully there, right? I I can feel his heart in the moment, right? In everything that I do, I'm there. It's not just I'm physically here and then my mind is somewhere else. It's like fully integrated, fully one human, fully present, fully engaged, fully there. And that's something that all trailblazers practice. Another thing that they practice is understanding the value of rest and sleep. Now, many people online will tell you that, yo, just hustle and go. Like, don't worry about sleep. You can sleep when you're dead. Like, sleep is for the weak all that kind of stuff. Like it's foolishness. It really is foolishness because as humans, we need sleep. Just like we need love, connection, intimacy, right? We need sleep. We need rest. We need to turn off some things at times, right? It's vital for us. When we're always pushing ourselves and going and trying to like just do, 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 we lose touch with ourselves 
And this is why many people who experience what they define to be success, whether that's having fancy cars or a a nice house or having a certain amount of money in the bank, like all those things are great. I definitely desire to have fancy cars. My version of a fancy car is the Land Rover. I'm definitely getting that, right? I love beautiful houses. I'm I'm into like modern, like chic houses. So definitely that's in my future. So, and, and the money in the bank, like all those things, those are great, wonderful. Have those goals, align yourself with those outcomes, like 100%. Those are beautiful things to experience in life, traveling, all of that, right? But when we make that the reward or the only thing that, we want, and so we burn ourselves out trying to get there. When we get it, we realize that that's not it. That's not it. And there's that goal of like trying to get this thing in order to feel successful, that grows into something else. So when you get that thing, when you get the car, when you get the house, you get the money, you get the marriage, you get the kids, whatever the goal is that you think you need it to be happy, you need it to be successful. When you get that thing, it's going to you're going to be happy for a moment. It's going to feel good. Like, yeah, I did it. Woohoo! Like you're going to get the dopamine hits and all the things, right? Your body's going to feel energized. You're going to be motivated. Like, yeah, I can, I'm on top of the world. I can do anything. But then that dies down and you're going to feel like, okay, what's next? What else? What else can I do? And that feeling, that question of what else, that's good. But what's not good, what's not healthy is when we make that the, the pursuit of happiness, the, the pursuit, jumping from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, when we make these external results, the whole purpose and focus and intention of our life, when we make that how we define success and without those things, we cannot be fulfilled on the inside, that's where the damage comes in. That's where it's unhealthy. That's where it's counterproductive. And that's why people commit suicide. That's why people feel empty after acquiring all these things and then still realizing like, nope, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. All of these external things were not it. Because the the real thing that causes fulfillment is choosing to be fulfilled now. It's choosing to be happy now. I know that nothing outside of me can cause for me to be happy. I know that my kids are not the source of my joy. My husband is not the source of my joy. The money in the bank is not the source of my joy. The quality of life that I have now, which is great, is not the source of my joy. The source of my joy is that I choose to be happy. I literally choose to be happy. That's why I'm happy. Not because of anything external, not because of anything outside of me, right? And of course, for me personally, having a relationship with God, praying, knowing his voice, understanding that his will for me is to succeed, not succeed on my terms, not succeed based on how I define it, but succeed based on how he defines it, looking more like him, like literally learning how to cut off who I see myself as and step into being more like him, like knowing that I have God, the God who created the universe on my side, pushing me, forming me, molding me 
how could I not be joyful? You know, it's hard not to be happy when one, you choose joy and two, you're walking with God. It's pretty hard. Like, try it, try it, try it and tell me, tell me if it's possible. Are you ready for a life-changing experience? Mark your calendar for September 11th and join us for our free live training event for RISE. In just 60 minutes, you'll gain the clarity you need to end this year with some accomplished goals under your belt. And so whether you've been feeling stuck, lacking motivation, or are simply craving a powerful shift, this event is for you. So head on over to TeresaForever.com slash rise right now and sign up for the waitlist. You'll be the first to know when the training begins and we'll have an amazing time hanging out together live. Can't wait to see you. All right, the next habit that all trailblazers practice is embracing failure as feedback. Now, trailblazers know that failure also holds valuable learning opportunities and lessons that help them to grow and and make new choices in the future, help them to, to not make the same mistake, right? And so they use failure as stepping stones to refine their approach and improve the next time that they go at it. But I want to take this a step further because for me, when I think about failure, I recognize that it's not just feedback, but it is an interpretation. So some people will say that failure is an event. It's an experience. It's something that happens to everyone on the journey to being successful. But I want to challenge that a little bit because Failure actually is not an external event. It is not some external experience that everybody gets to go through on their way to being successful. Failure is actually an interpretation of an event or an experience. Failure is actually the result of what we tell ourselves about what has happened. So for example, If I were to invite 100 people to join Rise on the day that the doors open, which the doors are opening soon, by the way, if you don't know. So if you're not on the wait list, you're going to want to jump on the wait list, okay? (laughs) But if I invite 100 people into Rise and only 50 people join, is that a fail or a success? You may have said, it's a fail, or you may have said it's a success. But either way, whichever one you chose, it's based on your perspective. It's based on your interpretation. It's based on how you define success and failure, right? Some would say it's a fail because there were 100 people on the list and you only got 50. What a fail. Others would say, what a win. You got 50%. That's a 50% conversion rate. Woohoo! Right? I say that after speaking to 100 people and having 50 people come in, that that's it. It is what it is, meaning 
the facts are the facts and that's it. There's nothing to add to it and there's nothing to take from it. I could make it mean that it's a win because there's a 50% conversion or I could make it mean that it's a fail because it's a 50% conversion. But I choose to make it mean nothing because literally that's what it is. We have all of these experiences in life and the only reason why we think that these events and experiences mean what they mean is because we put an interpretation on it. Without the interpretation, we just have the raw experience, the raw event. And the interpretation is what causes the emotional triggers. It's, what's ca- it's what causes the emotional charge on these things. So when we think about a memory, like if I think about giving birth to my three kids, they were all beautiful experiences. I had a lot of fun. I mean, it was painful, of course, right? But overall, when I think about it, they were beautiful experiences. My husband was there with me. I had great midwives, right? So I put the interpretation on it that birth, pregnancy, motherhood, it's all beautiful. It's all fun. It's all like great. I love it. I have no complaints about it, right? Of course, if I could change the pain that we experienced during labor, I would. Or maybe not because I learned a lot from that pain at the same time. I learned a lot about myself giving birth to kids um, in the way that I did. But someone else could share their birth story and say, oh my gosh, I was in labor for eight hours. It was so painful. I had this happen and that happened. The doctor said this and my doctor did that. And it was just the worst experience ever. I do not want to have another child. And you can see how those are two totally different responses to a similar event. We both had a similar event. We were both pregnant. We both gave birth, right? But we experienced it differently. Our interpretations of the experience is different. And here's another really, really fascinating thing. People could be brought up in the same household, have the same parenting experience, go to the same school, live in the same neighborhood, be a part of the same family, and have two different perspectives on how things went. So here's here's a story that I heard a while ago that has stuck with me. There were two brothers who grew up with alcoholic parents who were abused, mistreated, neglected, and just left to fend for themselves. And one brother grew up to become an alcoholic, and one, the other brother grew up to get involved in business. And a reporter went and asked the first brother, what caused you to become an alcoholic? I'm sorry that this is the condition of your life. I know that it must be tough, and I know that you probably turned to alcohol due to some traumas that you experienced. So can you tell me about that? And the, the first brother shared how horrible his, his, uh, girl, his childhood was and how mean his parents were and how undervalued he felt and how ignored he felt and how life was just the worst. And that's why he now struggles with alcoholism. And then they spoke to the other brother and they asked him, wow, you're doing so great in your life. You are successful in business and you have this Fortune 500 company and things are just awesome. What caused you to be successful? And he said, well, you know, 
my parents weren't the greatest. They didn't give me the best quality of life. And from that experience, I learned how to fend for myself. And it taught me how to make an income, which then taught me how to run a business, which then grew into what it is now. What's the difference between these two brothers? Did one have more skills? Was one more gifted? Was one more loved by God? Were they more special? No. They had a different perspective. They had a different interpretation of what happened. They had different beliefs about life and the world. And based on those perspectives, interpretations, and beliefs, they made choices which then produced the outcome that they now experience. So one chose to become an alcoholic while another one chose to serve others through business. And we have the same choice every day that we experience something that is unwanted, that we feel is too heavy or too much for us, or that we feel is taking us away from the things that we really, really, really want to do. We can choose to let life slap us around, or we can choose to climb our mountains and be overcomers. We can choose to watch other people achieve their goals, or we can choose to blaze a trail to our own. Another habit that all successful people, all trailblazers embody and practice is mindful consumption. So they're cautious about what they consume, whether it's food, media, information, conversations, and even in managing their own thoughts because they understand its impact on the individual, right? So when we're constantly consuming negative information, whether that's the news or someone who just tends to be more pessimistic in their perspective or someone who is tends to be more jealous and likes to compare themselves with others, right? There are so many different personalities and perspectives that are not the best for people who desire to blaze trails in the world. And so they understand, trailblazers understand that environment matters. If we are the sum of our five closest friends, then it's best to be selective about who's in your inner circle. It's best to be selective about what you choose to consume. And so for me, in my daily life, I have a few people that I listen to consistently. And when I say listen to, I mean I take in their content. There are, a, I can count them on one hand, how many content creators I actually engage with and enjoy being a part of their community, learning from them, connecting with them, 
buying their stuff, like all of that, right? And the reason why it's so few is because most of what's online for me is noise, right? This is why it's best for all of us, especially as business owners, to know exactly who it is that we're serving, exactly who it is that we are here to share our gift with, and then create content that specifically serves them, right? Not trying to fit into everybody's checkbox, right? Not try to try, try to fit into everybody else's world, but specifically create stuff that will help the person that we want to support. Because when we try to make everybody happy and make everybody like us and our content, we fall into that noise category. We're not serving anybody. And so you want to be selective about what you're consuming internally, like your, your spiritual being, because we all know that we are human beings having a spiritual experience, right? We're, we're spiritual beings having a human experience, sorry. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. And so we want to be careful about what we're consuming internally, spiritually. And then physically, we want to be mindful about what we're consuming because the food, not all food is made equal, number one. And two, we know what healthy food choices are. We know what's going to make us stronger, think clearly, operate at optimal health levels, and just be in high-performance mode. We know. And so if we truly desire to blaze trails, we need longevity. We need clear perspective, clear thinking. We need to see what no one else is able to see because we're trailblazers. We, we, we lead the path, right? So how do we do that? How do we ensure that we are blazing trails? How do we ensure that we are consuming things that are at a level, a quality level that is right for us? for where we're at in our journey by being selective, by being intentional about what we're consuming. And that's another one of the habits that all trailblazers have is that they're intentional. So they're not tossed around on a merry-go-round trying to figure out what should I do next. They have intentions that they follow through on and every intention serves a purpose. So they don't just set intentions just because they were told to have intentions or because they think that this is, you know, the right thing for them to do. But they have intentions because the intentions align with a clear outcome. And they follow through on those intentions because they choose to be integrity. They choose to be integral. And when I say be integrity, I mean literally, they are the embodiment of integrity. They are, when you see them, you see integrity in the flesh, right? Something that I've been doing with my affirmations recently is I've been reminding myself 
of the characteristics that I desire to embody. And I've been declaring myself to be the thing because it allows for me to see myself as that thing, right? If I, if I can't even say that I am this, then how can I become that? And it's not like fantasies and fables and trying to make myself be a certain way. It's literally, I know that I have it in me already, right? For example, if I wanted to develop discipline, instead of saying I am becoming disciplined or I am disciplined, right? Past tense, I am disciplined. I say to myself, I am disciplined. And then I envision myself being disciplined today. What does it look like for me to be disciplined today? It means that I have structure, right? This is for me. This is how I see it for me in my life. It means that I have structure. What else does it look like for me? It means that I follow through on my commitments today because sometimes it can feel overwhelming having these commitments and these things, right? Especially when you're a go-getter and you have these big ideas, quote unquote big, what people will say big, right? And so instead of trying to hold yourself to this standard for three months, 12 months, five years, you tell yourself today I am this thing, For example, today I am disciplined, today I am consistent, today I am focused. And then you see yourself, you close your eyes and you imagine, what does focus look like for me today? What is the work that I'm committed to completing today? And then you get up and you do it. Because a lot of times when we talk about affirmations and visualization, we think that, or we're we're taught that we just do these things And that's the end of the story. That's how we experience success. But the truth is, you can imagine things in your mind and in your heart all day long. But if you don't get up and do something to get that thing done, it's not going to happen. I can imagine a Land Rover in my mind all day long. And will a Land Rover roll up and be parked in my my parking garage right now? No. I got to do the things required to acquire the Land Rover, and then it'll be mine. Is it possible that someone could come and drop off a a Land Rover and say, hey, I just wanted to bless you with this Land Rover? 100%. But am I building my life on moments like that? No. Because I understand, based on the principles of life, that that's not how things work. That's not how it's set up to work. Can it happen? 100%. Right? Because it's, it's the law of... Well, there's many laws at play, but life is designed to work based on cause and effect. So in life, you are the, in your life, you are the cause and the results that you experience are the effect. So if I want a Land Rover, I am the cause that brings the Land Rover into my life. And then the, the result will be me having the Land Rover, driving the kids around in the Land Rover, and that just being our reality, right? All right, the next habit that all trailblazers practice is active listening to themselves. So they trust themselves. They know that what they're doing, why they're doing it, how they're doing it, and when they're going to do it is all based on them. They choose, they choose, and they trust themselves to make decisions that are in their best interest. They know that they are trustworthy. And the reason why most of us 
are not listening to ourselves and not paying attention to how we feel or to our thoughts or to the things that we desire is because we don't trust ourselves to support ourselves in accomplishing the things that we desire. We've witnessed our own quote unquote failures so many times that we don't believe ourselves when we make promises to ourselves. And this is one of the greatest things that prevent most people from achieving their goals and actually being the trailblazers that they know they can be because they don't have that self-trust. So how do you develop self-trust if you don't have it? It's easy. Just choose to trust yourself. Become trustworthy. So instead of telling yourself, okay, today I'm not going to eat pizza, and then an hour later you're ordering pizza from Skip the Dishes, tell yourself things that you will honor. So if you know that you'll honor drinking water within the hour, then tell yourself, hey, hey I'm going to drink water within the hour, and then actually go do it. If you know that you will honor, I'm going to give my kids a bath today. Actually follow through on that and give the kids a bath, right? Practice honoring your word with yourself, and then you'll begin to trust yourself again. It's that simple. Because the more broken promises that we give to ourselves, the less we are to want to set goals and make promises to ourselves and the less likely we are to be successful. Like that's just the reality. There are statistics that prove that when we don't set goals, we are far less likely to achieve them because there's nothing to work towards. There's no vision, there's no intention, there's no there's nothing to align ourselves with. And as a human, our brains are designed to help us to achieve goals. So when there's no goal, we by default end up one, supporting other people in achieving theirs, and two, degressing, falling back into unhealthy, unproductive patterns and habits. And then we look up and say, hey, why is my life like this? But it's because we, we chose not to set any goals. We chose not to have a vision for where it is that we want to go. Okay. The next habit that all trailblazers practice is embracing solitude. So they enjoy spending time alone, fostering self-reflection because it allows for them to be creative, think outside the box and experience mental clarity. So it's a chance for them to recharge. It's a chance for them to generate new ideas and it's a chance for them to tap into possibility. So now I just want to take a moment just to ask you, when was the last time that you scheduled in some quality time with yourself and for yourself? Because Solitude is not something that's just going to happen, right? You can't just wait for the kids to not be home one night and then, okay, yeah, I'm going to have my solitude time now. Or you can't just wait for, okay, back to school season now, less people in the house, so I can do it then. You got to be intentional about putting it, making it a priority, making it a priority. And if you don't see the value, the truth is that it won't be a priority. But every trailblazer will tell you that solitude was the thing that they did 
prior to their biggest breakthrough, their biggest invention, their biggest success. Every time. Because solitude allows you to reconnect with your soul. It allows for you to see what you have not been able to see because you're just go, go, going. Okay? All right. So you just heard the first nine habits that all trailblazers practice that most people are not talking about. When you come back next week, I will give you the rest of those habits, and then you can go ahead and choose one to three habits that you desire to embody, practice, and master as you blaze trails to your unique purpose. All right? Ciao for now, and I will see you next week. Hey, Trailblazer, thank you for spending your valuable time tuning in to the How to Turn Your Goals into Reality podcast. I see you and I love to read your messages about how the podcast is making your life better. So if you found any value in today's episode, I invite you to head over to iTunes and to leave a review. Let us know what stood out to you and what topics would you like to discuss in the future. Thank you in advance. See you next week.